Thank you so much, uh, um, Sorija, for giving us a very nice narrative of the comparison and also discrepancies of uh, both countries, uh, what they are implied for both producers. I really like more or less the part when you said the, the things that actually um, affects both of them, both countries, which is infrastructure and price volatility, which I'm pretty sure that Joe will come back to that uh, after this. So, um, Joe, actually... However, I do work with Joe. I wouldn't be fair to give uh, his, uh, his introduction without this piece of paper. So Joe uh, Glover is a senior research fellow here at IFPRI, um, based in Washington, D.C., where his areas of interest are price volatility, global grade reserves, crop insurance, and trade. Prior to joining IFPRI, uh, Joe spent over 30 years at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, including as chief economist from 2008 to 2014, as chief economist, he was responsible for the department's agricultural forecast and projections, oversaw climate, energy, and regulatory issues, and served as a chairman of the board of directors of the Federal Crop Insurance Corporation. From 2007 to 2009, Glover was the special Doha agricultural envoy at the office of the U.S. Trade Representative, where he served as chief agricultural negotiator in the Doha talks. He served as economic advisor at the so-called Blair House Agreements, leading to the completion of the Uruguay round negotiations. He's the author of numerous studies on crop insurance, disasters policy, and U.S. foreign policy. He received his Ph.D. in agricultural economics from the University of Wisconsin in 1984 and holds an A.B. in anthropology from the University of Chicago. In 2012, he was elected fellow of the Agricultural and Applied Economics Association. Thank you. Thanks very much. And you think the least I could have done is given a shortened version of the bio for you. Um, uh, it's very nice to be here. And I think, uh, um, again, I like the other speakers have said, uh, just an excellent panel. And, uh, you know, you look at U.S. and EU policies, they have evolved a lot over the last 30 years. Uh, you think of the sort of highly regulated markets that we had back in the 80s when uh, most of the support was done through high price supports. A lot of that surplus ended up on world markets uh, in the form of export subsidies. And, um, and I think a lot of progress has been made since then, moving things to more decoupled forms of payment, and certainly with, with greater emphasis on more public goods like environmental services and other things. Um, yet, if you look, there's still a lot of money going into the sector for, from both the EU and the US. Um, in, in terms of those levels measured by the OECD and others, uh, we still have a lot of, of um, both, both countries or both, um, both the EU and U.S. Uh, still support agriculture very, very highly. Although, again, I think if you look in terms of overall movements, you have seen a constant reduction and uh, a move towards um, less distortive forms of, of, of production. Let me talk a little bit about where I think there, there are some differences, and one is crop insurance. I think if you look at um, in the U.S., crop insurance uh, generally um, is now the largest single um, safety net program. Uh, it accounts for about 40 percent of what I would consider farm program support, um, and, and that's really a big change over the last 30 years as well, when it was a very, very minor program uh, back in the 80s. Uh, now, it, uh, again, is the largest single program. And um, not just 
only that, it's, it's not just providing yield insurance, but where available, most farmers now opt for revenue insurance. Uh, the other thing is that a recent legislation in the U.S., uh, the Bipartisan uh, Budget Act, removed the cap on livestock products. So we may see more there as well. In the U.S., by contrast, I think uh, we've essentially had national programs that, that there has been support given in so-called Pillar 2. Um, but for the Director General, I, I think um, uh, when we get into some of the, the the back and forth with question and answers. One of the things that would be interesting is to hear views, your views on how you see insurance evolving, and uh, and I guess in, in particular uh, on things like livestock insurance and revenue insurance. I think uh, uh, Director General Playwood talked a lot about the budget pressures the EU is under, and I think that that um, uh, particularly because of Brexit and um, um, uh, this farm bill, I think. You're struck by the fact that that essentially is the, the baseline that the old farm bill would have had if, if that had been continued. So a, a question I think I, I'd raise for you, Under Secretary, is we know with the the recent um, uh, tax reform and other things that that now budget projections in the U.S. are showing some pretty large deficits or potential deficits over the next uh, ten years. Unclear how that will all work out. But I, I guess it would be great to hear from you uh, about longer term how you view uh, the budget having any sort of impact. And I know you and I worked a lot on farm programs in the 80s and 90s when budgets were an issue. And even, even the last one, the 2008 Farm Bill or 2014 Farm Bill had uh, a budget component, had some budget cuts in there. Uh, but again, this one did not. So it will be interesting, it would be interesting to hear uh, your views on that. And then, thirdly, I, the other interesting thing to me is, is you know, we, we talk a lot about the move to more decoupled forms of support, and I think that has been a really important thing, um, you know, particularly when you compare it to price supports and other things that we see developing countries like India and China embracing do have potentials because of their link directly to production uh, of potentially distorting things. But that said, um, if you look at the mid-90s when the U.S. switched over to a decoupled payments, um, the EU then moved in the early 2000s with the single farm uh, uh, payments uh, to decoupling. Since that time, we have seen a little bit of, of, of changes. The EU for, or the, in the U.S., for example, in 2014, uh, the Congress decided to eliminate the old direct payments, the decoupled payments, and go back to price-based uh, um, payments, again, still based on historical production, um, but now tied to price. And I think uh, um, Jesus mentioned this as well in his co comments uh, as being a difference between that and the EU. But, but even in the U EU, what we have seen is a lot of, uh, with, with um, more recent um, legislation, we have seen where the uh, single farm payment it's been less vulnerable to criticism. And in the US, the criticism really has been, hey, why are these guys getting payments when prices are so high and you're, not, and you're giving them payment? I think the EU has been more successful in, in putting that criticism away by, by, by spending a lot of time tying those to environmental programs and, and other things, which, by the way, I think the US has those, a lot of those same cross-compliance cross -compliance features on in the old direct payment program. But all the same, you, 
in a lot of member states now, uh, they are allowed some option of linking some portion of that single farm payment uh, to production. And so I think that, that I would like, I, if possible, if we have time, if both of you could kind of address that as well. But otherwise, I'm way over my time. And so I'm going to leave and sit down with the rest of you and answer questions. Thanks.